Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Chassidus in the morning. Kuchas Tefillah, this is class number five. So we're hit five days. This is beautiful. Okay, so in today's class, we're going to continue on the discussion of making a cheshman, proper accounting of seeing where we're holding <clears throat> and see where we can improve to help our davening, to help our terimitis and our connection with God. And then maybe if we have enough time, we'll go to the next, the next step, which is what, what happens if we're trying to do this, but it's not really working so well. So yes, they basically were talking about how we've got to be honest with ourselves. And again, this is not about about just beating ourselves up and making ourselves feel bad, but it's about being honest and recognizing where we're holding and where we need to be improving. Because, you know, just like a businessman, if he's not going to take the time to analyze his business and how it's running and try to improve it and just try to be blind to the realities of his failings as a businessman, he's never going to be really successful to the extent that he can. And even if he might be successful to a certain extent, it could be so much more. And us as Chassidim, trying to, trying to live by the teaching of Chassidus, Chassidus wants that we achieve as much as we can to our fullest. So we end up saying yesterday that if, that if you're given over to your animal soul and he's making all the decisions in your life and the decisions that you should be making, you're not making, so ultimately it'll be very hard to daven with this, with this connection that you have this level of das and even above das, he says, because you're, you're in exile and you're, you're, your godly soul and your godliness are in exile, so you can't really connect. So when a person makes a soulful and honest reckoning, page 108, as described above, aware of his pain and his soul's distress, so when you recognize this, and suddenly you realize that, you know, when I'm, if I'm honest with myself, I'm not holding where I want to be holding and I'm not doing exactly the things I should be doing. And will become despicable and exceedingly low in his own eyes, his spirit will be broken. So then you'll realize that when you became honest with yourself, that I'm actually in a not as good as a place as I thought I was. And, you know, some things, I'm part, it's like literally, I'm embarrassed to even, even tell anyone. I couldn't even tell anyone. And that's, but that's not, it's not, you know, once again, it's not a bad thing. This is, this is the best. Because this is making you realize that I need to change. Generally shattered and contrite. But also we have to have in mind that nowadays the Rebbe talked about very much how we have to be very careful with these types of things because again, you don't want to get depressed because that's not going to get you anywhere. Then he will become a vessel for the light of God. Once you recognize the issues that you have and that you try to work on and you recognize that there's something to be worked on, so then you're making yourself a vessel for the light of God. Because once a person recognizes that his business is not running well, so then he'll go ask help how to, how to improve it. But until the point where they're not going to come and, and, and be honest with themselves, or, or to use a more intense example, it's like when a person has an addiction or something like a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction, one of the first steps is admitting, is recognizing that I have it. Because, if, because one of the main issues is they don't recognize it and they don't want to believe it. And it's a, very, it's a very intense step. But only once you recognize that there's an issue, you can start working on it. And so once we recognize the issue, so we'll be able to start working on it. And then the light of God can come in. 
so that it dwells within him. As the verse says, I dwell in high and in holy places, yet also with a contrite and humble spirit, and meaning the godliness that is in a very high place, but it, can only, it also can come down to a person that has this humbleness, that has recognized that, that there's things to be worked on. So, it's, so it was showing that, there's a, that once you recognize something to be worked on, you're already in a good place. And, there's, and, and you know, and godliness can come and reveal itself within you. Now, this bitterness and humility must be stimulated only periodically at times and for durations that are appropriate. In general, the proprietor's time drinking chatzos is explained in Gesetzur, chapter seven. So he's saying you shouldn't do this every day, all these types of contemplations. Interestingly, he says you should do a So maybe if you don't do tikkun chatzos, you should even do it less. Tikkun chatzos, yeah. Nowadays, I don't know if anyone really does it, but he's saying that's a good time. Why? And he explains. He explains in the brackets more more about this. But to do so is unnecessary. But to do so daily is unnecessary, even though the Zara writes that every evening a person must be one of the master of accounts. The Zara says every night we should be doing these types of things. And this appears to be the meaning of the aforementioned doctrine of our stages. A person should not commence his prayers except in a submissive frame of mind. And also we see that it says you should daven with a submissiveness, a submissive frame of mind, which would imply that we should be doing this every day, implying a daily basis. Our sages were referring here to tzaddikim, who resemble the creator. So this is by tzaddikim. They're like Hashem and being, and he's going to explain. In other words, within their own miniature worlds, their conduct parallels that of the supernal worlds. For the dominant attribute during the day is light, the quality of happiness. And our sages say light, light alludes to joy. During the night, the prevailing attribute is judgment, which is the framework of one's avoda of involving bitterness and depression arising from the soul's attribute of Gevura. So therefore, every night, Tzadikim must be master of accounts. Other people, though, need not be, except on occasions. Meaning, because Tzadikim are very connected to the whole world around them and the spiritual world, at night, it's dark, and so the spiritual energy is more of a, a dark, um, serious, contrite type of type of feeling. So therefore, it's a Tzadik that's connected to that. That's the point of time that he should start thinking about these things and be a master of accounts. Whereas in the morning or in the day when there's light, light is connected with happiness, so it should be happy. So a tzaddik that's connected should do things like this. But for us, that we're not connected that way, so it's, we just do it periodically, you know? And it can be not too often. Now, together with this, when we do it, when we spend the time to do this, this should be performed in seclusion, away from view, the view of others. Since the recital of Sidon Chatzais is the beginning and foundation of one's service for the entire day. Yeah, so it says, since the the beginning and the foundation of one's service of the entire day is known, it must be performed away from the eyes of others, comparable to the foundation of the building that is beneath the ground. And together with it, during the Tzadikim you should do it away from people, because just like the foundation of a, gra- of a building is deep in the ground, you don't see. So not everyone has to see what's going on. You know, and this is a very personal thing. You, know, you wouldn't want other people looking you saying do it in private, but in general, you know, we're going to not, we wouldn't be doing this very often. And again, and if you want to do it, do it, you have to do it in, in a healthy frame of mind, like explains in Tanya, and you can't be doing it out of, out of a sad, depressed state. Even though he's going to say it here later on that you, that you could do it that way, but the Rebbe was very much saying in this generation, our generation, we'll be very careful with this. 
but again, always go back to the same point. We're not trying to make ourselves so bad and, and, and just like depress ourselves. We're just trying to be honest with ourselves and try to help ourselves get to a better place in our lives. The most appropriate opportunity for soul searching is where and one is in any case troubled by mundane matters, as stated in Tanya chapter 31. A person's depression is a supernal reminder from him to be one of the master of accounts. So explain in Tanya 31 that you're already unhappy about the situation, so it's a good time to do it. Because you know you're already you're already unhappy and sad, so let's let's think about these things. But you have to be very careful because we don't want to depress ourselves. If someone has actually sinned or transgressed, however, then he must actively evoke soulful feelings of bitterness through fasts and self-modifications in order that he can sensitize his heart and to anguish and to to the anguish of his sins. Then he will become embittered and his heart broken. So he's saying, if you actually didn't have error, you need to fix yourself. You need to chew for. So then you need to you need to do types of self fast self modification, which nowadays would be given to doctor. You ever said? So if you have you feel if you feel you're, you're lacking sensitivity to certain things, and you think it's because you've done some things wrong, so then an easy way to, to fix it is saying, you know, I want to be better, I want to be changed. So let me give some tzedakah. And in mind, tzedakah is in, is in order that I should be fit. I should fix up any any blemishes that I have. And that's and that's we got over the the intense bit, and essentially we're saying the third the third avoda preparation for davening is is trying to be honest with ourselves once in a while to sit down and have a have a proper conversation with ourselves and ask ourselves where we're holding, and is there things we can we can fix, and try to fix them, and when we do that we'll realize because if we think we're good and nothing you know I'm good I have nothing to work on. So then there's no reason to dive in. What do I need to dive in for? What do I need to connect? I'm connected. I'm good. So he's saying we have to recognize that you're not connected as much as you could be. And you could be even and more connected. And if we said even here by Tadikim that they every day should do this, where well, they're not connected, they can always be more connected. So we for sure can always be more connected. And that's what he's saying. That's the, fourth, that's the third step. Now the fourth step. This is a, 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 a nice arousing compassion for one's soul. Four. If the aforementioned preparations are ineffective in turning his soul into a vessel and dwelling place for God's presence, i.e. the above-mentioned considerations do not adequately affect his heart, and his heart is not yet truly broken. So if you try to do what we just talked about, about being having, making, being honest with yourself, but you realize it doesn't actually make much of a difference to you. It doesn't really, nothing really changed. It, it, you know, nothing, like, okay, whatever. But like, you don't see a life changing in any, prop, in any better way for the positive, and you're like, this doesn't really work. So uh, a different thing you can do is have compassion for yourself. Then, like he explains, then during prayer, he must awaken upon himself unstinted compassion for his soul. He, he should reflect on how from the pinnacle of heights, his soul is descended to the nadir of depths. For in its source on high, the soul was far higher than the source of angels. There, the soul stood continuously in a state of love and awe, as it says, and as God lives before whom I stood, meaning that we stood before Hashem. We were in the highest of high. And Hashem, our nephew, was in the highest places, connected to Hashem, even way higher than angels. And this is where the shawl comes from. And all was infinitely greater. It's love and it's always infinitely greater than that of the angels, especially since the root of its source is in... is is in the innerness and essence of the blessed infinite light as elucidated elsewhere at length. So this is where Yenashama comes from, from this highest of high, 
highest of levels, way above angels, connected to God. And what happens to this neshama? Descend below. The godly soul is clothed in a body and in the animal soul. Then even the soul's avoda in one's mind and heart is altogether a different sort compared with its prior service when on high. And then the neshama comes down. And even if it's doing everything the way it's supposed to, but it's totally different. It's totally different than when it was back there, back in, back in Shemayim. And even this lower Veda requires prodigious and immense toil. And not just it's a totally different Veda, meaning you could be doing exactly what you're meant to be doing, but it's a totally different way in comparison to where it was. And not just that, it's hard. You know, what was easy, it's, so to speak, it's like when you're in seminary and, you know, every day you get up, you wash Nagavasa, you sit on by your bed and you daven, and your days like these good, good days. And suddenly you come, you come out of seminary and you live wherever you live and you have to, let's say, go to college or you have to get a job, you know, or you're married and you have kids now. And suddenly it's like to do all those things you did in seminary, you, probably, you don't have time. And it's like, it's hard and you're trying, you're doing the best you can, but it's a totally different type of avoid. It's a totally different level. And this is all what's happening, but on an infinitely greater level, your neshama, the way it was above before it came down. And then now when it came down, so particularly a person should reflect on how he has further demeaned his godly soul by its unworthy thoughts, speech and deeds. And even more, if you haven't done everything perfectly, that way you should, so it comes down even worse, even more, the godly soul. The godly soul is thus imprisoned and locked in exile within animal soul, unable to ascend to serve God. Even with all the great effort and many preparations described above, even if you do everything we talked about before, it's still so difficult for the, for the animal soul. And in many cases, it's trapped the, the godly soul is trapped in the animal soul and he's struggling to, to express itself. <coughs> Thus, the, sort, the, the sorry plight of the soul is exceedingly, greatly, and utterly stuck. And we'll stop here. And so he's saying, ultimately, you can think about this and recognize, and meaning if what we're talking about before, trying to inspire ourselves to daven and recognize that there's plenty that we can daven for, plenty we can connect to, but it's not working for you by recognizing what, what you need to be working on. So the other version is recognizing just the fact, just the reality of the situation, which is an Ashama came from the highest of high, connected to God. It's love and awe was, was totally, was in the bliss. It was in the blissful situation, way above angels, way above anything, enjoying life. And then it comes down into this physical world. Suddenly has to eat, has to drink, has to sleep, and has to contend with the Nefesh Bahamas, it has forces pulling itself away. God is not even revealed here so clearly. And it just struggles with life. And it's, it's, it's a depressing situation. You have to feel bad for this. And, and that should arouse us. You ask God to have compassion on our souls to be able to, to, be, able to, to be able to connect properly. So at least it has a little bit of a feeling of sensitivity. And through that, and through doing that, it will help us more connected which will go back to what our preparations are for, is in order that we can daven, and the purpose of davening is to connect and to have a full Judaism infused with love and awe and Torah mitzvahs. And that's what we're going to achieve.